Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. How you doing, baseball fans? And welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show, presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of Major League Baseball and the Gibby Show. I'm John Arezzi, once again in New York. Joining me, the two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, a member of the 1986 world champion New York Mets, number one best-selling author, and also the voice of his memoir, Gibby, Tales of a Baseball Lifer, now available everywhere. He's getting ready for the last month of the regular season down in San Antonio, Texas. The man who always tells it like it is, the baseball lifer himself, John Gibbons. Hey, Gibby, how you doing? How was your Labor Day? John, it was good, man. Had a, had a good weekend. I hope everybody else did, too. And um, I know you're up there in New York, and I was t- actually talking to somebody in Toronto yesterday, and it's like, so we, we sent all that hot weather your way, man. We're down here. It's been a tough summer. You're yeah. welcome. It is very, it's very, I'm getting out of here. I'm going back to Tennessee uh, after we tape uh, today, but it has been hot the last couple of days here, but beautiful weather. I got a chance to see uh, the Mets four times, three of those victories, two over Seattle, one over Texas. So that was cool. Uh, so it was a really good time to see my family and, uh, and just have some hang time with them and enjoy uh, uh, the family rather than, uh, I won't venture into New York City, but uh, I'll stay here right here on Long Island and go to City Field. That's the furthest uh, west that I'll go while, while I'm here. Uh, but uh, big week uh, again, John. I mean, uh, Jays had a little bit of everything. Winning two series in a row, beating both Washington and Colorado, now in Oakland, trying to make it three series wins in a row at this time of the season. We know how important that is. Injuries hit the Jays hard, uh, but the young guys uh, being called up have made an impact, adding excitement. So uh, another big week for the Jays coming up as the second and third wildcard spots are now really within their grasp. We'll go over all of that. And we'll have another Jays alumni joining us on Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons, and of course, inspired by our friends at Miller Lite. We will have our weekly roast and toast. Uh, but Gibby, let's get right to the leadoff. The Jays are in the middle of this stretch, six games against the worst two teams in baseball. On the road against Oakland A's, and then back home against Kansas City Royals, uh, currently half a game out of the third wild card spot, only a game and a half now behind Houston for the second spot with four weeks left. This is it. It's go time. John, how are you, uh, how are you looking at the team this year? A lot of things seem to need to fall into place. You got to beat these bad teams, but you also have those other division rivals battling each other as well. So give us your assessment on what's going on with the Jays. Yeah, Johnny, it is. It's it's well. It's the final month. You know, uh, you couldn't ask for a better schedule. Uh, now that doesn't guarantee you. You know, it, it was Washington, Colorado, Oakland, and Kansas City. You know, all all cellar dwellers, but that doesn't guarantee you what twelve wins. I mean, they're still you're still facing professional players on any given night. Anybody can beat anybody. But in saying that, this is a time they got they they have to make a make a move, and that's what they're doing. And uh, I think that they're actually in a in a really good spot right now if you think about it because. The teams, you know, the teams ahead of them. You got, you know, you got Seattle, Houston, and Texas, right? All from the same division. They're they're going they're going to be going head to head. So any anytime those guys are playing each other, somebody's losing. Toronto wins. They're 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 gaining some ground, right? So they're really, yeah. of course, then you know they'll they'll play their own interdivision later. But I really think they're in a good spot. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, uh, I think the beauty of all this, you know, I remember at the beginning of the season when they kind of balanced out the schedule, a lot of people say, well, they, they like it better when you play more teams in the division. But for a wild card, this is the way it's supposed to be. There's supposed to be more of a balanced schedule. So now you get a true read. Everybody's playing the same teams over and over. You know what? That's how you determine the, the rightful winners. And, and uh, um, you know, they after after the, this lull in their schedule, then they got Texas comes in, I think, for four up in Toronto. Four games. And Texas yeah. is really they're, – they're reeling. You know, they, they, they're bullpen. They, they don't have much of a bullpen now. Um, you know, they do have Bochy at the helm that'll – that. Uh, He's gonna, he's gonna, he'll figure something out. With they, they got a good front office, but uh, you know, it's, it, this is how the game works, right? Texas got out of the great, great start. And they ran just until the last few weeks that they, they really struggled. Tampa Bay got off to a historic start. You know what? They're sitting in second place now, right? They've had some injuries and some other stuff gone wrong. You know, so what happens at the beginning of the year? Everybody gets all excited and go, "This guy, this team's so good." You know, there's, in Major League Baseball, all the teams are good. So what happens in April? Dictates a lot at the end, but September right now is when it all matters. Yeah, that's very true. But uh, even though uh, the Jays have done really well, I mean, winning those two series, it never is easy. I mean, it's never like they're, they're nail biters, these games. They're all nail biters, even the, the, the victory in Oakland. And, and, and here is uh, something that was brought up by some of the Jays announcers. A big uh, surprise move by Schneider, by John Schneider on uh, Monday when he left Davis Schneider on the bench against Oakland. And Davis, of course, is undoubtedly the spark plug of the team right now. He's the hottest hitter on the club. He's hitting 360 in the last seven games. He's got a slug of 840, on base of 500, OPS of 1.340. And uh, Jamie Campbell and Caleb Joseph – Call them out on it. How do you keep, and this is their words, how do you keep the hottest hitter on the bench? Now, in your opinion, is is analytics playing too much of a role in this, the matchups, the analytic part? And is 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 John Schneider, is this kind of his call, or do you think it's above his purview, above his head coming from the front office, uh, making these decisions based on the analytics once again? Well, if you're going to ask me, you know, hey, analytics is take is taking over too much of the game. There's no question. There's a lot of good come out of it, you know, and a, a lot of benefits. But we've gotten to the point where we get carried away so much that, uh, you know, these guys aren't robots, right? Uh, but it's clearly in uh, – and I don't think it's just in Toronto. It's it's all over the game. You know, lineups are dictated for these guys. That's why you see different guys hitting in different spots every 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 night, you know, for, for, for most teams, you know. Um Except maybe some of those veteran lace teams, let's say, and the, so clearly that that's all comes from the front office. That's that's uh, Major League Baseball. I mean, that's that's everywhere. Major League Baseball. That's just the way it's run. So I assume that's what happened right there, because um, I think everybody's a little bit surprised by that. Probably the most guy, the most surprised is Davis. You know, he's he's, he's probably yeah. thinking, what what the heck do I got to do? You know, and the teammates are probably going, what? <laughs> and every time so anyway, he's in there, he's getting a big hit. I mean, he's he's always a spark plug and. And uh, it, it really was surprising to see uh, him on the bench. Of course, the Jays were lucky enough to get that uh, get that win. Uh, but the other thing that they're really battling, John, right now, and they've been hit by the injury bug in a very significant way, of course, Danny Jansen on the IL with the fractured finger, and Matt Chapman has the finger sprain as well. Uh, but Bo Bichette still on the IL with the quad sprain. Eric Swanson, spine inflammation. 
And now Brandon Belt, uh, not on the IL, but day-to-day with lower back tightness. And he also got food poisoning now there in Oakland. So uh, as the Jays battle for this these wildcard spots, how challenging does it become for a team battling every day for that postseason spot? I mean, the young guys have been called up. You got Spencer Horowitz. You got Ernie Clement. You got Chad Green in. Uh, the young catcher was brought up as well, uh, uh, Tyler uh, Heineman. Uh, and Davis Schneider, of course, has been incredible in this first month. But these young kids coming into the game and coming in to make a, almost a force every day, they're, they're in the, the lineup. How do you handle that as a, as a manager as in the clubhouse with the players where you you have a set team and all of a sudden you got all these young kids coming in, but they're making an impact. I mean, give us your, your thoughts on that. Well, the key thing is you, you said they're making a big impact. You know, Horowitz has come up. You know, he had a he had a, you know he's having a great year down there in Buffalo, and of course we know David Schneider. You know, it's interesting about both those guys. Horowitz, I think, was like twenty fourth round pick. New Schneider York. was a twenty eighth round. That's that's rare. You get two of those guys. That just show you. You know, the Blue Jays are doing the right thing. I don't care where this guy was picked. If they're going to help us win, they can help us win. Ideally, you know, you, you lose Bichette. He goes down for the second time. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, some, who's going to take his place? But, but you know what? They've stepped up, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Swanson's a big one. They're going to need to get him back. Uh, Green's been there, done it. Uh, they're going to have to monitor him a little bit coming off Tommy John. So, uh, but their bullpen and their rotation is, is, is solid. But you know, you get this, that's what it takes, and that's how it, certain guys make a name in this game. You give them an opportunity, seasons on the line, and these guys are coming through. You know, but the, the Blue Jays have that kind of they got they got a tight knit group, right? So the veteran guys, you know, they're welcoming these guys in there. You know, it's it's a unique group, and I still think they're in a very good spot right now. They're not they're only a half game out now. They made up a couple games in the last they few did. days. You know. Um, so it's uh, just hang in there, man. Just just uh, they'll hang in there, and, and I expect them to finish really strong. Yeah, I mean, on the injury front again, I mean, uh, significant uh, injuries, uh, and you hope, especially when it comes uh, down to the catching spot, Alejandro Kirk stepping up with Jansen out, and we don't know if he's going to be even able to return before the end of the season. So uh, do you think uh, Kirk has the most demanding and critical role right now with that injury to Jansen? Uh, is that the most critical uh, injury on this team right now, in your opinion? Yeah, pro- probably. Uh, you know, I think Kirk will be fine. You know, heck, he's a uh, guy you feel for is Danny, man. He, he, he's, he's snake bit. You know, these guys. He's snake bit. He, come, yeah, you know what? And uh, he's, he was having a tremendous year. You, you look at his numbers. Yeah, but but you know when when Kirk to begin with wasn't playing every day anyway, so he's physically he's going to be fine. He, he he'll be able to handle it. I mean, he catches most of the games this this month. There's no question, and it probably do him some good a little bit. Get some more steady at bats, I would think. Um, so yeah, it's it's a uh, you know you lose a key guy, you know be like you know you know you, you lose Bouchette, Bouchette, Bo Bo's out for longer than you expect. You know certain positions are. are vital to a team you know especially the guy behind the plate working with the pitching staff but that's kind of, you know this is this is where you know when organizations they, they show themselves and, and the best organizations end up overcoming these things because they got good minor league teams right 
in their triple A is they got good players that know how to play, know how to win. And that's what the blue Jays have. So you got to tip your hat to them. They're bringing guys up and you know what? They're, they're thriving. So, um, they're, 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 yeah, they're not in that spot right now, that playoff spot, but they will be. You know, and they got all they got to do is get in now. You know, because they got too good a pitching staff. I still yeah. think they got the best pitching in baseball with the when you combine their rotation in their in their bullpen. And you know, that's what's going to win in October anyway. So get in, boys. That's uh, yeah, they yeah, can do this. Exactly. They can do I, this. I, I did want to touch upon pitching for a second. Um, obviously, the the depth of the pitching staff, starters, relievers, very deep. However, I mean, there's been some talk about are these starting pitches going as far as they could go with these starts? Do you fa- personally favor an approach of pushing your starters further into into the games as the games now dwindle down to a precious few? Or do you look to conserve the starters waiting for that hope of the playoffs and rely on the bullpen more right now? Well, I tell you, by having it, when you have a good bullpen, you know that could be awful tempting, right? But in uh, usually, when you got a, a great bullpen like they have, you know your starters are just kind of iffy. That's not the case with Blue Jays, but you know every manager is different how they how they run things. You know, um, you know early in the year, you, you you figure out who can do what. Unless you got a veteran pitcher who's been around, he's he's got a track record, things like that. And personally, you know, I as a manager, I just let the game dictate how long that guy stays in there and how he's pitching. Now, you know, if he, now if he comes off a couple of long outings, like Bassett been known to chew up some innings and you, know, you keep an eye on maybe that third one, because he might be hanging a little bit, be a little bit tired. Other than that, you let the score will dictate a lot. You know, if you got a little breathing room, you still got, you know, as good as your bullpen is, it's, it's awful easy and tempting to use them overuse them because you know, they're so good, but they're also the guys that ends up suffering. Right. So yeah. they let the game dictate to you and all that. Uh, you know, but so it goes back to analytics a lot now that it's, it's you know, they, 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 uh, they monitor, you know, third time through the lineup, you know, swing patterns against, you know, what, what different pitchers a guy's has. So a lot of, a lot of guys uh, get yanked early or because of that, right. Instead of, you know, before thinking is let's stop it before something bad happens, but you know, you, ne- you never know. I mean, you can't assume if something bad's going to happen every night because, this sort of yeah. pitcher may be on that night, right? But I still, but the key is, especially you get to the playoffs, you got to have a rested bullpen because you know what? And sometimes the, the the starters have to take the heat for those guys, and and they're and they're plenty, they're they're good enough. Um, but you know, we're all, we all do it differently. You know, when you're under the Everybody game. Bottom does. line, if you win, if you win, nobody can say a word anyway, right? right? They can complain all right. they want, but if you win the game, who cares? Zip it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, uh, Vladdy, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., I mean, we always uh, find a way to talk about Vladdy. His bat has heated up, uh, uh, but not without the microscope being on him more than ever. It's really been on him all season long, uh, underperforming uh, in a lot of different ways. But uh, the other day, uh, his admiring a hit that went off the wall on Sunday, just stood at home plate, and it didn't go out of the park. He did hit a home run that game, but this was another at back. Uh, it, it doesn't go out of the park. And it resulted in uh, criticism. And while, you know, you have your manager uh, obviously seeing it, it's bad optics. Is it really the is it the manager's responsibility to kind of take them to the side, uh, maybe not publicly, but privately? And do the other higher profile members of the team maybe need to have a discussion with Vladdy about some of the optics? 
You know what, Johnny? It's one of those things you don't see it happen too too often, but when it does, you look like crap, right? You know, uh, it's best. It's it's unacceptable, especially here this time of year. Every game's so important, but it's, but you know what? We're professionals. Everybody can come out of the box, and if it's a home run, you can shut it down. If it's not, you just kick it in and you go for two, right? Yeah, they're, they're, that sh- that should never happen. But you see it all the time in the game now. And so, but but it's almost like the game has become such a show. Everybody wants to stand at home plate, celebrate, bat, bat do the old Batista type bat flips. That's kind of what it is. Instead of you know, they're not all doing it out there. But I get, but I guarantee you, the the, the hard nosed players ain't doing it. So I guarantee you, the guys on the team will say, hey, "Listen, come on, you know, he's still he's he's still a main guy." Let's go, man. We we got to be better than that, you know. Unless they're not doing it too, but that that, that I know they are. Uh, yeah. And you know what? The big guy on the team's got to set the example. I don't care how old he is or not. He's he's the guy, right? You know. And yeah. He's, he's going to be for you know. He uh, he he he's better than that. He knows it. I guarantee. I guarantee he won't do it again. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, years ago, there was what they called the kangaroo court, right? Where you'd call out different guys, and it happened in the privacy of the clubhouse. So I don't know if that happens anymore, but in this situation, that might be a, a kangaroo. No, they used to yank them two years ago. They might yank them out of the game and say, wait a minute, you know, because <laughs> we used to think, well, you know, either you're hurt or you're tired, right? Because if, you if you're not running the ball out or you're or not giving a good effort, yeah, he must yeah. be hurt or he must be tired. So if that's the case, you better get him out of the game, right? That was the old argument. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember in '69 actually when uh, Cleon Jones playing left field for the Mets, and he, you know, he he dogged it on a ball that was hit to the outfield. Gil Hodges, manager of the of the Mets, walked out, and everyone thought he was going to take the pitcher out. He passed the pitcher up, went right to left field, and he took Cleon Jones out of the game. And Jones was on fire after that. Never happened again. So oh yeah, I heard that story manager. many times. Uh, Al Jackson, he was one of my Roby minor league pitching coaches when I was in the Mets. He told that story all the time because Cleon was our Roby hit instructor, and they'd come around, they'd laugh about it, and say, "Yeah, Cleon was saying." He said uh, Hodges was coming out to the mound. He thought, you know, what's wrong with I don't know whoever Seaver, whoever was pitching, right? Nothing. He looks good to me, and he said he walked right past him, and he thought something was wrong with Buddy Harrelson, and uh, what's wrong with he Buddy? Right he walked right past Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Good old days. Oh, yes, it was. yes, it was. Well, you are listening to the Gibby Show presented by our friends at Miller Lite. It's Miller time at Chuck's Roadhouse this month. Look for the Miller Lite feature at Chuck's during September and enter for your chance to win a trip for two to the World Series. John, um, what is your take now that the season is almost complete? I remember who you predicted when we started the season. Do you still think the same two teams are going to be in the World Series this year? Well, refresh my memory, Wade. No, I did say, hey, Atlanta, you know, uh, is run away with it over there. But I will say this, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's got to get into the World Series now. You know, when you have that dominant of season, you know, otherwise, because, you know, all those years they won like 13, 14 divisions in a row. They won one World Series, yeah. right? You know, you know they won two years ago, and they have the team to win it again. It's not that easy, but they don't. If they don't win a couple more, or that kind of thing, you know, people think, well, they're no different than the, the, those great teams, right? The American League's better, so you know. But they're they clearly the favorite. They're 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 good. Um, you know, from yeah, the, they are. I, I'm a. You were you were you were you were Braves uh, Blue Jays World Series uh, prediction. No, I knew that. Of course, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to um, 
I'm gonna have to pick. I'm gonna have to go the two, matchup from two years ago. I'm gonna go Atlanta and Houston. You know, I think Texas is fading. They got they have no bullpen. I don't think I don't, I don't think Seattle. I think they they shot their best bullet in yeah. in August. You know, I don't think they can do that again. I think their their offense is is uh, can be iffy. Got solid pitching, but you, you, hey, they're getting tested right now. We're talking about the schedules now. They just lost two out of three in Houston. Now they're in Cincinnati. Got beat last night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then they go down to Tampa. We're going to find out how good they are. And I got to remind people one thing too. Now it's always hurt Seattle in the past. They got the worst travel. They, they travel with so many more miles than any other team that takes its toll on them a little bit too. But I just think, you know, they, 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 their, their best effort there in August, I think they'll come up a little short. They may sneak in, but I don't think they're going to, um, going to run the table and, and uh, win it all. So I'm, I'm going to go back to the world series. From two years ago. Two years ago. Well, I mean, our friends over at Miller Lite certainly want to send you uh, to one of those World Series games. And all you got to do is go to www.millerlite.ca forward slash 2023 World Series contest for more information. Nothing goes better with baseball than Miller Lite, the official beer of the MLB. Uh, Gibby, there's been a lot of talk uh about the long-awaited debut, Chad Green, who finally made it to the Jays after Tommy John's surgery. The Jays gave Green number 37, which was formerly worn by Jays legend and member of the level of excellence, Dave Steeb. Was it a mistake giving Green that number? Uh, as the Jays have given that number to a multitude of players, Chad Green being the latest one, but should the Jays really consider retiring that number 37 in honor of Steve? You know what? I wasn't aware that they hadn't. For some reason, you know, I thought that thought it already had been, right? Um, and it's clearly, you go back, you know, there's, there's a storied history with the Blue Jays, and they've had so many great players come through there. And he was kind of at the beginning, you know, when the team started, you know, uh, or he was pitching back then when the team was just rebuilding. And he was so dominating. You look, You look at his numbers – and he was so he was really probably their first great player, right? And uh, so I, I, I'm surprised he hasn't been uh, retired by now. Anyway, you know, not not just in the last couple of years because you know he's he's been retired a while. I think that would be kind of nice, uh, a nice gesture to him because he, he's earned that. Um, you know, Green, you know, it don't matter. To, you know, those guys that was back in the big leagues give me a number, but I, I think it'd be a nice tribute. But it should have happened before, long before now. I think anyway. So yeah. maybe they'll do that. Well, that'll wrap up the leadoff, and now it's time for Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. Twist up your snack time with Tim's new savory twists, served warm in four cheese or everything seasoning. They're a buttery and flaky pastry, freshly baked throughout the day. Snack and go with Tim's new savory twists today. Ooh, hey, you know, I'm heading up there tomorrow. I'm I'm in in Edmonton. Oh, you are? uh, yeah, for for a uh, a hockey banquet, right? And uh, you know, I'll be fine. I'll be finding a couple of Tim Hortons along the way. You know, they come, they come. I, I make a trip up there every now and then, just to you know, to at the right time and. It's an excuse to go to Tim's, I guess. <laughs> yeah, what the heck, you know. Today on Gabbing with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons, we bring on a former member of the Blue Jays, a switch hitter. He played for Toronto from. 2015 to 2019, a member of the playoff teams in those years. Uh, He was an all-star for the American League in 2017, the year he hit 
a career high of 38 home runs. His MLB career spanned 11 years with stops in Texas, Seattle, Toronto, Milwaukee, and San Francisco, finishing up his career in Japan in 2021. It's a pleasure to bring on one of Gibby's favorites, Justin Smoke. Justin, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Doing great. How about you? Very good. Very good. <laughs> hey, don't be so enthusiastic on our show the first thing in the morning. What, are you, what the heck? First thing is lunchtime for me. <laughs> Where are you heading? I just got, I, I'm headed back to the house, but I pulled over to park in the neighborhood just so I could talk to you for a little while. <laughs> Watch, I thought you were going golfing. I already hit some balls. I'm telling you, I draw, I leave the house before seven o'clock to take the girls to school. The bus cranks up early around here. <laughs> hey, you got your life together, man. You know, Smokey, that doesn't surprise me one bit. <laughs> I not. I, it's been good being all these girls, honestly. I mean, you know how it is being on the road so much and you're gone and gone and gone. And, you know, I've always, Charleston from South Carolina for me is always home. And, you know, once I get home, it was always hard to get me to go back to spring training every year. I did, I'm like, man, I got to go back to camp. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, it's been good to be around them a lot. Well, you know, Smokey, you've always been a good family man. You know, you all, you could always tell. You know, you you always put your family first. You got a beautiful family, and and uh, you know they they do they sacrifice everything. You know, when you're playing and when you're coaching, whatever you're doing in the game of baseball, and we take a lot of things for granted. And then when then when it, you know, even when you have a great career like you did, you know, uh, when it ends, you're still a young man. So now everything flips, oh baby, it's eight. Hey, all right, I got to go home and be dad. You know, that's what's fair is fair. Yep, it is. And I mean, honestly, I mean, they're since I've been home, of course, they're older and they're out of diapers and everything else. But it's like, I don't I don't even know how she did it whenever she traveled everywhere. And with babies, I, I there's no chance. I mean, I, I mean, I was around, but I wasn't around. Right. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Dude. But yeah, another better than a good woman. Well, Johnny, what do you got for Smokey? Uh, Justin, talk to us about your time with the Blue Jays during uh, that exciting time for the franchise, your experience playing in Canada. How did that impact uh, your career, getting the chance to play in Canada? And then I'd like to hear a good Gibby story if you got one. Yeah. Oh, man, there's so many Gibby stories. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, honestly, for me, and Gibby can tell you this, too, I, I was – I think I got designated by Seattle – and Toronto kind of picked me up, and I was like, "Oh man, what what do I got going on now? I've already, I've already been in Seattle. Now I'm going to Toronto. What the what the heck's going on?" But um, when I got there from the get go, I mean, and, and I had a I had a one year deal that I had signed, but I still had to make the team. I mean, I and I, and I didn't have a good spring that year. I don't know if you remember. I I, I didn't, have, you know, I was, I was backing up a little bit, you know. And, and spring training is never that easy, and. You know, I, I didn't have a great spring, and towards the end, I finally, you know, started, you know, playing a little better. And I mean, it wasn't until probably the last week of the spring, and I remember Gibby telling me, he's like, "Hey, you know, congrats, you made the team." And I was like, "Well, you know, I I appreciated it because I knew with the guys that we had, we we had a really good team, and so I knew I was going to be a part of something that was going to be pretty cool. And you know, I, I think the rest is kind of history. I mean, the, the the teams that we had and you know what 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 we did i mean it was it was it was a lot of fun to be a part of yeah you you certainly had a a 
you know, the fan base, uh, your favorite of fan base. And you had the opportunity recently to get back up there to Toronto. Uh, you attended the induction of uh, Jose Batista in the Jays level of excellence. And how was that experience for you getting back up to Canada uh, and being part of that great ceremony? And uh, give us some of your memories of playing with uh, Batista. Well, I think I think the biggest thing up there is, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, you are playing for a whole country. And I mean, those fans are just absolutely crazy. Gibby, Gibby's probably told you a gazillion times, but you know, you, when, when you leave it and then when you go back, it's, it's cool to go back because you, you know, it makes you realize, you know, how special those times were. And, um, you know, it's not like you forget, but you know, it's something, you know, when you go back, it does remind you how, 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 how cool it was. And, you know, we, you know, and, you know, would it be that way if we didn't have the teams that we had and, and did as well as we did? Probably not. But, you know, when you win, everything, you know, good things happen for everybody. Exactly. Hey, there's, hey Smokey, there's no substitute for winning, is there? For crying out loud. No. <laughs> hey, no. I, I, spent two, I, I spent two tours up there in Toronto, right? You know, they ran me out one time the first time, right? Then I, then I came back. And it was kind of a – it was Anthopolis, you know, was running the team and um, – uh, you know, the, uh, what's it, what's the manager? He went to the Red Sox, John Farrell. He wanted out, you know, the, uh, he, the old, uh, yep. dream team, or he want, that was his dream job. So Alex came back for me. Right. And then, uh, I said, I said, you're crazy, man. And I, this ain't going to probably go over well for you. And then we got off to the first couple of years of slow start and I'm going, Oh my God, they're going to run me out of here again for crying out loud. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> but then everything came together, right? Everything came together. And, and, uh, but you cut, yep. you cut, Really, your game came together too in in uh, Toronto. You know, if you look at y yourself, Batista, Encarnacion, you know all three all three of you guys really your game and your in uh, everything came together for you playing in Toronto. You know, uh, you know Batista, Ozzy bounced around. Eddie was came from Cincinnati. You know, they shipped him out. And uh, you know, it's kind of, it's so it's kind of cool when you look up the making of that team. Even even uh, Donaldson, right? He was he was productive in in Oakland, but he was a, he was a, like a late bloomer. But a lot of good things have happened to a lot of good players there in Toronto. Yeah, and 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 that's what's cool, and that's why it was so cool seeing Batista the other day. You know, he of course he deserved every bit of what he you know he's done and. But at the same time, like he was also one of those guys that grinded. You know what I mean? It, it took him a while to figure it out, and you know it, it's cool to be around guys like that, especially when it, it's kind of you, like you're you're one of them, and you know it kind of gives you a little more, I guess, you know, hey, like I can still do this. There's still time, and you know, and and I think I learned a lot from those guys. Oh yeah, hey, there, there, there's no doubt, you know, and. You know, it's, it's very rare you get players that come along and, and you know what, they, they take the major leagues by storm on day one, right? That just doesn't happen. That's rare, you know. Even look, right. at, look at Vlad, Vladdy Jr., you know, he's supposed to be the greatest prospect ever. He came up and, you know, of course he had, uh, you know, the second year, I think it was, that he had the monster year. And then, but, then, but everyone thinks, well, it's going to be easy every year. No, and no, it's it's not that easy, you know. And now he's going through his, still his growing pains. And, and uh, you know, if, if the big leagues – you know, even the team now, you know, they take a lot of heat for, well, they're not swinging the bats and all that. But people don't realize it's not that it's not that dang easy. You know, it, it really is. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. And I, I remember my last year there, Vladdy had been up for like a month. And I mean, he was hitting like 275, 280. And they're like, man, he's struggling. I'm like, 
man, I wish I said 275, 280. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 he, I remember, and he's in there just grinding. I mean, they're grinding on the video, looking at Swain. I finally used it. I said, "What are y'all looking at?" And they're kind of look, look, look at this, look at this. I, I just said, Vladdy, if my swing looked looked like that when I when I felt like shit, guess what? I'd be one hell of a ball player. <laughs> and so I mean, just I mean, you know what I mean? It's too technical now. I mean, it's it's just too. I mean, I mean, you were there this past week. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we went. The, I stepped in the cage for a second. They got four computers in the cage now. And so oh, yeah. it's like, you know, and I know it's more video that. Yeah, I know it's more video than anything else, but at the same time, like, sometimes, like, I thought it was always good to just have a room for that, to where, like, when you go in the cage, you're going to work on something, right? Rather than, hey, now we're in the cage and we're trying to watch video and hit at the same time. Now, eh, you know, it's kind of, you know, it gets in guys' heads. Oh, yeah, because they always used to talk about it. I remember when I was when I was coming up in, in uh, you know, in – you know, it's mostly a minor league career, but it, but even talking to the good big league players and stuff, and you'd hear the sometimes the best advice you get from a hitting coach would be, "Hey, you know, block it out. Just it's, just don't even take BP. Just show up, free your mind up, go get them, man. Instead of over because you over you paralyze yourself over analyzing. It's like it's like for you know it's because it's really a natural yep. thing, you know. So no, I, I agree with you. I mean, right. you got to have that. You, you know, there's there's a lot of benefits from a lot of it, but I think we do get carried away nowadays. Yeah, for sure. What are you gonna? What are you gonna? What are you gonna do, brother? You can't beat them. You join them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, hey, you got some good. You got uh, some good memories for those those fifteen and sixteen teams, man. It was it was a, it was a unique bunch, wasn't it? I know if the fans have heard of all about it, a lot of them, but it was a good mix of guys. We had some. It, I mean, guys. It, we had some... <laughs> it was. I I I tell people all the time. Those 15 and 16 teams, I felt like every day we went on the field, we thought we were going to fight, right? I mean, you thought we were going to yeah. – I mean, and it wasn't like we are it, – it wasn't like we were trying to fight, or, but people hated us. People didn't like us. And I think it was because we had – you know, first of all, we had really good players. They, they knew we were good, but, you know, guys carried themselves like, hey, we're going to kick your butt. And I can't – what – was? I couldn't remember if it was – I think it was the 15 team – I can't. How many times were we down by six or seven runs in the third inning, and we come back and win twelve to ten? Like it was some. It was it was the craziest thing I ever been a part of. I mean, it'd oh, be yeah. our starter would go out there and give it up. You know, be down seven in the first. The next thing you know, we end up winning the game. And so you know, we just had we had a good group of guys that just didn't care and just went out there and played hard. And you know, it doesn't matter what the score is. We're, 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 you know, we're, we're going to play to the end. And that, and that's kind of what we did. Hey, you remember though, the key, Hey, remember our defense was shake shaky that year. Right. You know, and, and the, we had a Re Reyes was played short and God bless him, but he was getting older, right. He, he lost his range, you know, and then we then we were, you know, we were playing, uh, uh, Valencia and Calabello in the outfield. Right. And, you know, they couldn't, they, they weren't outfielders, right. Ball. <laughs> so balls dropping in. So, but then, so then we, but we would outslug everybody. We'd, we'd, we'd have to, you know, we'd have to score 10 runs some nights to win. Right. And then, but that's, that's hard right. to do. And, and, but then when the, the big, the big day, the trades, Tulowitzki came in, I think, I think that was the key Tulo. You know, you were out there on the field with him. Tulo cleaned up that infield. You know, Ben Revere cleaned yep. up that left field, you know, and, and uh, yep. uh, because you can hit, all, you can hit all you want. You know what? 
If you don't play defense yep. in any sport, you're not going to win yep. anything. It's, it's, especially in that, you know, the playoff time of year. I mean, it, it all comes down to pitching and defense anyway. I mean, because those those games aren't going to be eight to one, eight to five, or eight to. I mean, they're going to be close games, and you got to be able to do that. Hey, and speaking of defense, I've never seen a better first baseman. My 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 coaching career, my playing career. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you feel the same way about yourself. Uh, obviously. You know, oh, but, yeah, hey, you, sure. you worked at it, man. For sure. But hey, those those <laughs> infielders I, were so lucky to have you over there, man. You put yeah, plus you're a big target. You couldn't bounce, you couldn't throw a ball in the dirt and get it by you. You know? T- tell us a little bit about your defense, Yeah, buddy. I Yeah. My dad always taught I mean, I grew up left-handed, of course, so there ain't too many places to play, and I wasn't the fastest guy. <laughs> and so <laughs> it ended up being first, it ended up being first base, but my dad always told me at a young age, he's like, hey, you got to play both sides of the ball. So, like, if I'd go hit for an hour or so in the cage, you know, when I was a kid, we'd go – he'd hit me ground balls for another hour. And so, you know, and, and and I was always fine defensively. And I think when I got drafted by Texas and Ron Washington was the manager in Texas, right? Yeah. And, and my first camp – I got drafted in 08. My first camp was nine. I'm telling you, I ain't even eaten breakfast yet. And he's got a cigarette in his mouth hitting me fungo <laughs> on that dang backfield at like 7 a.m. every morning for the first like. And he, I mean, he just and and it's not like it was, but he taught me a lot. He, he taught me like he was big and I've always been good at picking the ball. And, and I felt like I got better because. He always told me, he said, you got to go get it. You can't let it play. You got to go get it. You got to go get it. Now he said it, he said it differently than what I'm saying it now, but he, but he's like, go get it, go, you know? And so it taught, yeah. And so it, it, so it, it, it taught me a lot. And I got to do that for a couple of years with him until of course they traded me to Seattle. But, um, you know, every time I see him, when I played against him, you know, to this day, he, we'd always have the same conversation and, and, um, but yeah, he was, you know, he, he helped out a lot, but yeah, it was something I always took pride in, but because honestly, I mean, I, I didn't swing it that well. And I think it kind of kept me around long enough for me to, you know, figure it out with the bat a little bit. Yeah. Hey, Hey, wash, wash's names all over a lot of great infielders, man, the big leagues, you know, you, 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 you know, in, but in, in, uh, 2000, no, in 1993 or four, I was his coach in Columbia, South Carolina. He was managing the Mets A ball team in Columbia, South Carolina, 1994. Yeah, I was his coach, dude. The, the most entertaining really? year. Yeah, the most entertaining year of my life. You know, but he'd he'd have us out there. You know, I, I had uh, I was I was I was uh, I, had, I had one child. My wife was pregnant with the second one, and uh, it was just a crazy year. We he'd have us out at the field like 11, noon every day out there in that heat, the South Carolina heat, and like. Uh-huh. But you know what we oh, got better? God. I don't know if I got any better, but the players yep, sure did. Yep. You know? <laughs> the players did. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Johnny? Oh, man. Now, I was curious to ask you about uh, finishing up your playing career in Japan. Obviously, different culture, different, just a whole different dynamic. Uh, what was, uh, how easy was that decision for you to go over there and, um, how was the overall experience for you playing over in Japan? Um, it definitely was not an easy decision for me. I, I didn't my my agent brought it up to me, and no disrespect to anybody, but he brought it up to me at the beginning of the all season. I said, There's no way. And I was like, dude, I yeah. just full I 
I just got over 10 years in the year before. And I'm like, dude, there's no way. And, and then he come back a couple months later, and I could have signed a minor league deal with invite to camp with a team here and try to make a team. But I knew if I didn't make a team, I wouldn't go into the AAA. So I was just like, you know, and he come back with it. Hey, it's Tokyo. And, you know, they're, they're like the, the best team over there. Da, da, da. And I said, I said, well, you know, I, like, what are we talking about here? And he kind of threw something out there. And I was like, nah, probably not. I said, well, if they do this, we might be able to do it. And, uh, I mean, they came back in three minutes and said yes. And so it was like, well, I guess we're going to Japan. And, and I think it could have been fine. I, I had a bad experience because of COVID. And so COVID, yeah. like, we were opening everything up over here. They were They were still shut down over there. Um, I thought my family was going to be able to go with me. They could barely get me in to come over there to play. And so my family was, you know, still here. And I was, I was there probably two and a half, three months and eating like all the restaurants were closed. I mean, I was eating Uber eats for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it was wow. like, I finally got to a point and I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing bad. Like it, it, I was, I was doing okay, but I was just like, I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I, you know, thank you for everything, but I'm going to the house. It was just, it was just tough with COVID and everything else. Yeah, that yeah. was a bad, you know, that timing, but uh, it had to be extremely tough on you, especially the family, not being able to bring your family in and everything that was going on over there. But uh, uh, you gave it a shot, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you've had a wonderful career great career. Uh, final thing that I got for you really is that you guys talked, both you and Gibby talked about the edge that the teams of 2015 and 16 had, and you'd go out there and it seemed like every team hated you. Uh, the game today, even it's, it's not that far. It's only eight years later, but there's a lot of rule changes in the game. Uh, is baseball kind of losing that edge where, a, you know, a team is hated no matter where they go and give you could weigh in on this as well. Uh, Cause I find it fascinating now that, no one wants to piss anybody else off these days, it seems. Hey, right. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I, I think I mean, I, I think a lot of it is, honestly, I think you you kind of get your personality and no disrespect, Gibby, but you kind of get your personality from your manager a little bit. I, I think a lot of the managers now are, you know, are younger guys and they're a little different than what I mean managers were when I came up or, you know, when, when you were around, but, and I saying Gibby, but, but, but the best thing about Gibby was it didn't matter <laughs> if you were Don. No, but it, no, but, it, but it, it didn't matter if you were like Donaldson or Batista or whoever it was, get, you know, Gibby one, he was, he, he's going to get in your butt. If you, he thought you needed to get, he needed to get in your butt and he did it. I mean, we saw it multiple times. And so it's like, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, sometimes you kind of lose that from time to time. I I don't know. I just think with these younger managers now, and, and no disrespect to them, I mean, some of them are doing really well, but it's just, you know, I think it's just a different culture. Maybe I don't I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a different game. There's no question about it. But hey, you know, you were talking about J Japan a minute ago. You know, uh, our old boy Kawasaki, right? You know, with doing the show, Smokey, <laughs> you got you got to be on. Got to be on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff, right? So uh, I'm friends on there right. with Kawasaki on Instagram. So 
he'll shoot some stuff. He does. He's all over that man. They, you know, they, they love him over there, man. They loved him here and they loved him. But he, he sent me a message one day. Uh, it says, you want to manage in Japan? <laughs> I said, well, I better check with Smokey first before I, before I make that decision. I said, call my agent. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have an agent. I don't have an agent. Oh, so good. Yeah. No, anyway. yeah, I, I think Japan could have been cool, but, you know, COVID. Well, dude, I, I don't want that. You know, it, there's no, it can't have that interfere with your hunting and fishing now. So that's, uh, so, so what are you doing now? For a lot of, I, I know you, I, I'm a little surprised you're, uh, you're a golfer because you, you even have time for golf because you're usually on that, the water, you know, but so that's kind of what you, is that yeah. those what your days yeah. do now? Yeah, it's just, you know, people are like, Hey, are you ready to go do something? You know, and I've got buddies here that are coaching high school. I'm like, dude, I'm not working. I'm not. Like, not that I don't, I think eventually I will, but I just, you know, I asked my old high school coach, Hey man, I, you know, I, I don't want to coach, but I might show up a time or two. And he's like, Hey, you couldn't do it. I said, what do you mean? I couldn't do it. He said, you'd be kicked in. He said, I have a parent in my office the next day. So what do you mean? He goes, first time you cut somebody out or say something, he goes, they're going straight to their parents. You're, you're, you're gone. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. And he's like, yeah. He's like, he said, it's just. He said it's just a different different kids these days. And, and so, but I, I mean, I eventually I want to do something. I just, I've enjoyed just doing whatever I want to do. I don't know. I mean, I, and I, I know at some point it's you're going to get tired of it or maybe this or that. But honestly, I, you know, I, we went on the boat yesterday and had a good time. I took my daughter dove hunting the other, you know, the other day. And, you know, it's just, you know, get, get to hang out and do, do that with them and, try to get them out of the house to do something rather than, you know, they want to sit in there and hang out all day. So. But hey, I think you're going to be, I think you ought to be a fishing guy one of these days, but hey, well, you're, hey, your wife, Kristen, now she's got, she's got no, something going on. You, you know, your wife, Kristen, she's got, it's got a little business. She's starting up though, right? Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's called Marsh and Magnolia, kind of like the Charleston, you know, marsh to whatever, but um, yeah, it's basically, you know, the hats the women wear, the kind of the bigger brim hats. You can, I mean, they're gonna have guy hats too because guys wear them. But um, you kind of go in and mold them yourself and build your hat how you want to build it with whatever's ribbon or you can brand it and do all kind of stuff. So yeah, it's gonna start up here. Hopefully in about a month or so, and you know, maybe a couple months. But um, yeah, it's gonna be downtown Charleston. It's gonna be in a good spot. I know that. Hey, well, good, hey, good for her. Now, hey, hey, now it's now it's her turn, man. You take over, take over them kids, brother. She's she's gonna. <laughs> That's a good thing, though, man. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, the yeah the the problem is is she's in it with a you know two of her friends, which is great, but they think my house is where like the inventory is going to be sitting. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. I'm like, Hey, I said, uh, we had about 25 boxes show up last week. I said, Hey, oh. it's a hundred dollars a day for every time. There you go. For how long this stuff stays in there. But, well, there, but yeah, well, you so, got a, but, you got a, you got a bigger house than the other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, she better start making some money. That's all I got to say. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, listen, Smokey, man, it's been a pleasure, pal. We appreciate you coming on here. Like I said, you're one of the best, you know, you had a tremendous career. 
big part of our success at 15 and 16. And uh, we'll never forget that, you know, and the fans, the fans acknowledged you the other day when we were up there for Batista's deal, you know, they gave you an incredible uh, applause, you know, that you uh, rightfully deserve. So, so be good, man. Be stay safe down there. I'm, I'm going to get down that way and get fishing one of these days. Yeah. Well, Hey, I got a place you can stay at the house too. So, I mean, you ain't got to go nowhere. Hey, I got a wife that will, I guarantee you she will outfish you, dude. Her her father used to be a fishing uh, guy down the Gulf of Mexico. And and I'm telling you. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So instead uh, of catching the fish, I wish he'd cook a little bit of it instead of just catching it. <laughs> oh, cook is the easiest part. That's what I'm saying. I wish she, she'd cook a little bit of it. <laughs> All right, pal. All right, man. Have a good All one. Right. Thank you, All Justin. Right. All right, man. Good to see you. See that wraps up another gabbing with Gibby. Uh, let me tell you, John, I mean, I uh, never had the opportunity to, to speak to Justin before. What a down to earth guy, really just straight shooter. I can see why you liked him so much. Yeah. You know what? He's, he's one of the best. He's it's just a good dude, you know, a good old country boy. Um, good family, man. You name it. You know, he's uh He's the all-American boy. Put it that way, right? Outdoorsman. And outdoorsman. Outdoor. Oh yeah, yeah. He loves to do that. You know, he he had a nice long career. You know, didn't start out quick. It doesn't. I mean, he he had to he had to earn it. He he kind of is a late bloomer, lot like Batista and Encarnacion were. Um, but uh, you know, you could tell even at the uh, Batista ceremony the other day, man, the fans loved him. You know, when he when he came yeah. out there, rightfully so. So one of the good guys. Very authentic dude. Uh, and now inspired by our friends at Miller Lite, it's time for this week's Roast and Toast. And, John, uh, I was, like I said, I was at four Met games this week. I was there on Sunday. And the tradition of throwing out the first pitch in a Major League Baseball game is one that has stood the test of time over the years. Most times it's an honor. Maybe with the exception of what happened at City Field this past Sunday. Why, you ask? Well, Grammy-nominated Grammy reggae hip-hop alternative artist Mattis Yahoo was given the honor of throwing out the first pitch before the Mets-Mariners game at City Field. However, instead of using a baseball, he came out with a bowl of soup, <laughs> matzo ball soup, which is big, Matzo ball soup is delicious, uh, but is it the right thing to do for an opening pitch? He takes the matzo ball out of the bowl of soup, and he throws it, misses the catcher, and, of course, uh, the matzo ball explodes everywhere and made kind of a matzo mess behind home plate that everybody had to clean up. So I've never seen anything like that before in my life, and I always look forward to the opening pitch. But in this case, um, I would have to say we have to roast the matzo ball first pitch. <laughs> Hopefully you won't see it again. You know, I, you know what? I don't get it. You know, it's like this. Nowadays, it's like who can outdo this guy, this guy. You know, we have all the, the social media stuff and it's coming. How about a little bit of normalcy? You know, it's, it's an, a little bit old fashioned game. You know, it is it is an honor. You know, and the poor guys that got to clean it up. You know, he's not the guy that right. threw it ain't cleaning it up. And the That's game's got to start. This game's got to start. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, it's 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 the tradition of baseball, which slowly seems to be 
going away in so many different ways. And, and that for me was a roast and, and, uh, I couldn't believe it. Actually. Everybody's but, looking for te- everybody's looking for a little extra attention or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, well, okay. Um, it was, uh, maybe it was maybe that'll help win a Grammy. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but we do have a good toast of the week uh, for the first time in Major League Baseball history. There is a thirty sixty club. That's a season where a baseball player reaches or surpasses thirty home runs and also has sixty or more stolen bases. The first and only member. Of this exclusive club is the Atlanta Braves superstar outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr., who accomplished it last week. And Acuna didn't stop there, hitting two more home runs over the weekend, stole three more bases, giving him 32 homers, 63 stolen bases, with another month left to the season. And to top it all off, he got married the same day he became a member of the 3060 club. A personal and professional milestone earns Ronald Acuna Jr. this week's Toast of the Week. Yeah, Johnny, I tell you, he's some kind of player. There's no no doubt about it. You know, um, think about it. He just had – he blew out his knee a couple of years ago, and then he had, oh, came yeah. down from rehab, and he, he hasn't missed a beat. Um, you know, I, I tell you, I watch highlights on TV all the time. The ball's flying in the big leagues, you know. I mean, I mean, it's, the ball's jettison. You know, every year every, – Year to year, you get a little bit. Jim Palmer was talking about that earlier one of, on one of our shows. Yeah. And, this, and this kid can really run. But I hate to be like a, a Debbie Downer or, or negative and all. But, you know, with these these new stolen base rules, right? You know, the bigger bases. So it's a little bit closer. You can only throw over there a couple times. Yeah. The new, can't the take new rules the, of engagement. The new rules of engagement, yeah. right? Yeah. Limited. I mean, would he have sixty already, or would he have fifty? You know, it's it's quite an honor. I hate. To, I don't. I don't mean. Well, it's a good that, point, though. But it's a good point. Yeah, it's it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, I just wish they could. We, could, you know, if you get a base dealer over there, you could, you could work on him a yeah. little bit more. Maybe slow him down, and you know, because he gets to. These guys are almost walking into second base now. You know, that guy's in scoring position. You know, yeah. it's it's a couple of like extra, extra innings. They put him on second. I tell you what, you know, it's it's. It it does make the game go by faster, and, it, and it's. Uh, I think I'd like to know what the Blue Jays' record is in extra inning games. When they start with that guy on second base, man, they're good at getting that dude in. Yeah, you got to. I mean, you got to. But yeah, toast to hey, toast to Akuda. There's no doubt. Absolutely, you know, a uh, very special player and one of the uh, best in the game for sure. Well, that'll wrap up this edition of the Gibby Show for John Gibbons. This is John Arezzi. We will talk more baseball with you. Another exciting one coming up right here next week. Have a great week, everybody, and go Blue Jays.